Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Thank you, team. Fletch, your legs are really brown. Have you been doing like tanning salon or anything? Getting ready for the wedding? Is he, is he, is he getting the right colour? Where are you? There you are. <laughs> Sorry. We're not going to be here for the wedding. It's like... Mm. One week to go, Fletch. And then we've got a few weddings coming up. Like Kylie and I are leaving on Saturday, next Saturday, because we found out Fletch and his were getting married. We went, beauty, we're out of here. <laughs> no. Oh, Fletch is, I, was, I, I used to always say Fletch was my second son, but um, I've got two more now, so you're like my fourth in the row now. <laughs> Sorry, Fletch. That's not true, Fletch. I said that for the other boys' benefit. I just said that for the other boys. Okay. Oh, this is on. Uh. Smooth got away with it. <laughs> so, church. Church has a has been given a lot of different. Um, like they use different analogies in the Bible to, to describe church and, and the people of God. We're a, like you look at scripture and it talks about um, lines being trees, family lines and, and your life being a tree. And it's also like it talks about groups being trees and it, we're also a, a fort. Like the people of God, we, we come together, we're an army, we're, we're a family. Number one, we're a family. Because we have a father. <laughs> we ha- we're a family. But, and then there's all these things. And if you read about the gifts that God's given to the church for, for um, operation and for, for power and authority and, and function, because we're a body as well with many members. God's been really speaking to me because at the moment, I've got some members in my body that are a bit disconnected and they're not getting the signals that they're meant to get. So it's like a trauma has happened and now because of a disconnect from a trauma, a signal is not getting through or the signal is so weak that my muscles can't recognise that my brain is whispering to it and it has to strain just to be able to get the little bit of motion out of it. Some of us, that's what our relationship with God is like. There's a trauma that's taken place. I don't know what it is. You do. Maybe you don't. But there's a disconnect with the voice of God. And you're not hearing the voice of God. And it's so important to hear the voice of God. Without dad's voice, you've got no confidence. Without dad's voice, you don't know who you are. Without dad's voice, you don't know where you're going. Without dad's voice, you don't know where you've come from. Dad's voice is so important. In Genesis, <laughs> reading Genesis the other day, whenever I, I ask God some questions, immediately I go back to Genesis because he just takes me there and he goes, let me, let me start from the beginning if you're asking me those questions, Stephen. I'm going again. Okay. And then he, he shows me more. It just breathes afresh. We were talking about that during prayer out here this morning. We're just like, it's amazing how you read scripture and it breathes, something fresh comes out of it. That's what faith does. Faith activates the Word of God again. Faith pleases God. It's good to have faith. Hope. Oh, 
Hope's good. Hope does not disappoint. Hope from God does not disappoint. And love, love from God, never fails. Faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love because it governs all the others. <laughs> so God has called us a family. He's made us part of his family. You are no longer servants. I call you friends. But we go, oh, so we're not sons and daughters. We're friends. No. Do you realize that friends is a really good statement? Because there's some people that are sons and daughters or brothers and sisters, not so friends. For whatever reasons, disconnect from trauma, signals are lost. Can you see there's a pattern here through everything? There's a trauma in life, and this is how it goes with our bodies. I've learned this. It goes irritation. I'll start this way because you're reading that way. Irritation. If you get an irritation in your body or an irritation in your soul or an irritation in your thinking, if it keeps happening, that irritation turns into an inflammation. Irritation. You get an irritation from a splinter in your foot. If you leave it there, it turns into an inflammation. It inflames up. If an inflammation stays in your body, stays in your mind, stays in your soul, it turns into an infection. Irritation, inflammation, infection. If you keep that infection in there, it turns into infirmity. Irritation, inflammation, infection, infirmity. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. In the beginning, it says right through. And then God said, then God said, Then God said, then the serpent speaks. And God said, who told you that? Who told you that? You read in scripture how Jesus cast out a spirit of infirmity off people. Sometimes we agree with things that are spoken over our life. And when we agree with them, immediately we go from, it's not even an irritation, we immediately go to infirmity because we've agreed with it and it's now our identity. Whether it's in our body, our soul or our mind, that's what happens. So God wants to get his voice very clear back into our heads because if you get the right signal, everything falls into line. So how does God do this? So I was asking him some questions the other day. Thank you, Lord God in heaven. Help me do this. I'm only an earthen vessel here. (laughs) Do you know what it's like trying to stand up in front of people and speak about heavenly things when you know how broken and limited you are? This isn't a joke, guys. This is us clawing through life, um, doing it with you. We're not doing anything apart from anything. Never look at leaders in a church and think that they are... um, Elevated because, no. They're lead servants. We have to serve. And I honor my wife. When I I took a rest for two months, three months, still going four months, (laughs) she stepped up and really just took on so much. And I, yeah. Some of us have had some words spoken over our life and that's the trauma that we've agreed with and we need to hear what God says about that. Right, Daniel? Thank you for talking to me about, um, who was that guy? Jordan Peterson. Where's Frank? Is Frank here today? No. He's in the crash. I'm getting off track here. Jordan Peterson, yeah. 
We'll leave that one. Sorry. Jordan Peterson, you've got to look this guy up. He's astounding. This clinical psychologist from Canada. Boom. Wrote a book that we read. Didn't know it was him. Um, yeah. This guy is, is moving in the academic royal world in an incredible way. And people love him. And he doesn't real, they, they don't realize he's actually speaking Bible to them. He's just speaking kingdom. And I watched one that Chelsea showed me yesterday of him talking. And I don't know where he is in his faith, but he, he made this statement. He goes, it's so beautiful. Can I just share something with you that's really, I'm, I'm going off track, but this is how I do things. It's all right. Yeah. Someone will get something out of this. <laughs> so um, he says, and C.S. Lewis knew this very well. C.S. Lewis loved reading about all the mythology in life because every empire that we see, there's a record, a remnant of their history. There's, there's something about their mythology there. We've got North mythology. We've got Roman mythology. We've got Greek mythology, Mesopotamian mythology. We've got Irish and, and British mythology. And in all these mythologies that we have, there's always a God-human connection that brings salvation. It's amazing. You, you look right back through Hercules, God union. You look at, Th um, no, not Thor. Who's the, yeah, Thor. Is he a, yeah. No, no, his mum's, uh, that's not, I don't know mythology all that well, but I know Jesus. And Jesus, and what this guy says, Jesus is where, Jesus is real, historical person, but there's this mythology that, that is in humans, this pattern in humans that we want this God-human connection to save us. Whether it's Rambo or Arnie or Rocky or whoever it is, we want a hero to come and save us. So he says, this is where the mythology and the his history touch. And he starts crying and he goes, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, what's he crying? Like he's moved. I'm moved that he's moved in this. And he's going, I believe this. I believe that the myth and the real can unite I can't give you a basis for my belief here, but I know that that can happen. And Jesus is the ultimate example of this happening. And it's not just the death of Jesus, it's the death and resurrection of Jesus. And this guy's talking and he's going, it's, and he goes, so what do you believe? The myth and the narrative or Jesus is the son of God? This guy asked him on the podcast and he goes, well, you can't believe one without the other. You can't believe the mythology and the union of that without believing that Jesus actually is the Son of God. And he goes, and that's terrifying to me because I don't know what a life fully surrendered to this message looks like. I don't know what a life that fully believes this is going to look like. And it terrifies me. Do you know what it looks like? It is for freedom that Jesus has set us free. So, I'm out in the garden, I'm saying to God, how do I seek first the kingdom of God? I think I know what it means. Seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. Yes, his righteousness. I think I know what it means, but give me a heads up here, Father. Am I on the right track? <laughs> you know, am I, am I getting it or am I a bit, you know, hello, McFly? You know, am I... So, he says to me, what type of fruit do you like, Stephen? And, and immediately, I'm, I'm already looking at my fig tree. I'm like, my oh, figs, you know, shiny. You know, dad's talking to me and I go, figs. 
So I go off and I'm eating the figs. And he goes, you enjoy those figs? And I go, yep, watered them. My dad's, I said to my dad, why don't I have figs? And he goes, you're not giving them enough water. And I go, I water them all the time. So I go and put the water on. Now I've got figs galore. So it's fantastic. Thanks, Dad. It's amazing what you water and govern in your life, how it grows fruit. I enjoy this fruit. And God says, you're really watering that. You're really caring for that tree. You enjoy the fruit. See, we think righteousness is about not behaving a certain way when it's actually about enjoying the fruit of righteousness. The fruit that comes from seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You might look at it and go, oh, but that means not sinning and I sin all the time. Yeah, His righteousness wipes out sinning all the time. Thank you, God. And, and then we go, but that's not right. That shouldn't happen. That's so easy. Yes, we don't want it dumb. We want it dumbed up as simple as possible. So, you know, if we make a mistake, we ask for forgiveness. He's just and able to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why do we make it hard for ourselves and cause trauma on ourselves instead of getting right with actually asking for forgiveness and giving forgiveness? These are where the two traumas happen. When we're offended or when we haven't forgiven. This is where the major disconnects happen in our life. And I'm going to move on because that's enough about that. So I'm looking at, I'm going around my garden, fruit. We'll hear more about this. Love the fruit. Love the fruit. Don't love the fruit of sin. That's death. Love the fruit of righteousness. So I go around and we've got all the church um, trees that have grown in our and we've potted them out, and we had beautiful people come and help us pot them out, and I've been looking after them through summer, and they're growing well, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, all these beautiful trees are in pots, they're all lined up, and they look magnificent, they're growing well, but they're all in pots. Now, trees talk to each other, we, we discussed this a few weeks ago, I love this, because this is just shows you the, the enormity, the creativity, and just the pattern of God everywhere. So trees, through the, the fungi that symbiotically um, relate to them and steal all their sugars, but they also help them. So this fungi, this mycorrhizal fungi that grows underneath all trees and all plants and everything like that, has a, um, sorry, I used the wrong term there. No, it, is the, it uses the mycorrhizal networks, these little fibers. So the the fungi under the trees uses these fibers to communicate with other trees. But my trees are in pots. They don't have their roots connecting. They don't have this, this mycelium network connecting them to one another. They don't have any other trees going, hey, you're growing well. They don't have big trees saying, I'm shading you at the moment. I'm sending you some nutrients. Keep growing. You're doing well. They don't have that covering. They don't have that, those protections. They're sitting there by themselves. And the only God that they have is one that comes and waters them a couple of times a day to make sure that they're nice and damp. And this God tells them how big they can grow or how, what they, by the, have you ever seen like a sequoia or a redwood? They are, yeah, British Columbia, my goodness. They are just gorgeous. You know, you can get one of those and through bonsai, you can put it in a pot. You can keep it away from other sequoias. You can tell it you're going to be this big and no bigger and it won't have its natural connections with its father and its, and its siblings 
family to connect it so it looks to a God, me, clipping it, training it. You're this big. You're never going to, and it'll grow to what it thinks is an enormous tree. It'll grow to maturity and it'll only be this big. And it's meant to be hundreds of feet high. How many of us are limited because we look to man for our appeasement? We look to man for our love, our hope, our, our joy in life. Oh my goodness. And man's just keeping us small. Just stay with me for a second. Psalms 92, 12 to 13 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Who has not seen palm trees around Mildura? Once they're there, you can't get rid of them. They grow. They flourish. They love it here. They will grow. This is the righteous. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. They are enormous trees as well. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Planted in the house of the Lord. And God said to me, there's too many believers that are potted in the house and not planted in the house. We pick ourselves up and we waddle into church and we pot ourselves down and we don't connect with anybody. And God's saying, those days are finished. And you're not going to be able to stop it. So has anyone seen the Asprey revival and, and watched any of the videos? So this one night after chapel at this university, they decided to stay a little bit late. 20 of them just hung around. And presence of God just stayed there and was manifest there. And they, they, they were just blown away. It's a um, uh, Methodist, I think. They, I think it is. And they just had this incredible move of God. So much so that people started going there and going to this small little town. To It, it doubled in size. And there were, no, there were nowhere for them to stay, nowhere for them to eat. They were cleaning up. All, so they said no one else can come. The next day, 12,000 more people turned up. So they said, we're shutting it down tonight. So we watched the last one the, the other night. They're still going. But they just said, go back to where you come from. What we waited on God for here, he's doing back where you come from. Don't come here for something special. It's breaking out. Don't you see it? I'm breaking out. I'm doing a new thing. So we need to be connected. These guys, one of the things that they, um, so they said we encountered God or God encountered us. And we saw the signs of it. The fruit of it was this, radical humility. Is that measurable? Well, radical is. <laughs> All of a sudden, these, I don't know, these entitled um, millennials just went from, can't you do it? <laughs> My brother knew what I was doing. <laughs> to now they're laying down their lives. And, and people are saying, is this really of God? I'm going, how dumb can you be and still breathe? They're not on their phones. They want to hang around and be in the presence of God. And you want to say, I'm not sure if this is God or not. I'm going, I'm not sure if you're of God or not. Like I, so guys, we're going to make some, oh, my head is buzzing with a lot of things. Can you slow it down? I'm not as good as Steve. So Steve made a few statements. Okay. One of them was that really stuck in my head that God is making each one of us responsible for our own spiritual maturity. Boom shakalaka. Like, 
Oh, does that scare anyone? Yeah, it puts some trepidation into me. Good. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It is a trepidatious thing to walk into the presence of God and saying, I'm here based on what you said and I'm hoping I've got it right. And the great thing is, he says, yes. Imagine going in when we... (laughs) When we take our last breath on earth and we enter eternity and we realize what's happening, I don't know what we're going to see, but it's going to be pretty good. And we get to meet God. We get to meet Jesus. We get to see them face to face. So it says that we're judged. The books are open. First off, the Lamb's Book of Life's open. <laughs> You've got to be glad that that's open first because anyone whose name's in that book, the other books don't really attain to, like they don't really come up against us. That book is a good book. And that's why when Jesus said, when they came back and said, oh, the demons even obey us, he goes, no, 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 don't rejoice about that. Rejoice rather that your name is written in that book, in my book in heaven. So um, I'm going right off track here. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. So we need to make some prophetic declarations over our life to, to actually take responsibility for our own spiritual maturity. Because I can do my best to try and, and Adrian and Kylie and everyone who speaks from the platform here, um, you know, we can do our best to bring something that's entertaining and, and something with some meat in it. But honestly... If we're not connected with one another, I heard this thing once said, um, if you don't like the person that's sitting across from you, they could be like gently sipping soup and it will, everything they do will annoy you. Like it'll be like, (laughs) you'll hear everything and it'll just annoy you. But if you're sitting across from someone you love, they can be splashing food over you and it doesn't matter. Well, kids do that, don't they? And then they puke it on you. (laughs) And that's the best option that they give you. (laughs) We've got to get out of our pots. There's too many people potted at the moment. And I I get it. I I feel the same because we've come out of a season where we had to put pots on. (laughs) We, had, we were forced into pots, and, and it's like, no, I'm going potty now. i got to get out of this. My roots are getting, you know, getting root-bound here. We've got to get out. And God's saying, if you want to take the step, I'm here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Come on. Take the step. I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm Ooh, did it, we, we can learn to be repotted when we rely on the sun. You know, in the right season, this is the right season for us to step out of this pot. You, if you look at scaffolding around a building, it has to be there for a season. It protects the people that are working on it. But scaffolding has to come down. Pots are good for a time. They can keep a plant safe. You know, you can take it out and you can do things. But for that, that plant to really grow well, take it out of the pot, has to go get its roots into the soil, real soil. Can you stand with me if you're able? Can, can I have a musician or some? I don't want to, 
I want to change how into what God wants me to be. I don't want to go back to old me style Stephen. I want to move in freedom in this church. I want this has to be a body ministry church because otherwise it it's failing. <laughs> We are failing ourselves, one another, if we are not a body ministry church. If we are coming as, a, as school children to sit and listen and be taught something, that's, that's part of it. But it has to be that we are connecting with one another. Now, it's going to be hard for some to do that. Some of us are a little bit shy than others. Can those that are, you know, Gregorious and demonstrative, can we get around those that are a little bit shyer and that and do meals? Meals are great to do. And you can sit down over a bicky and just talk about the things of God. I don't need the bicky. I can talk about the things of God with you without the bicky, but it's great to have some food. Jesus did it that way. Mm. <laughs> Ephesians 4.16, from Him, the whole body, the church in all its various parts, that's us joined and knitted firmly together by whatever joint supplies when each part is working properly causes the body to grow and mature building it building itself up in unselfish love when we are in him the whole body gets radical humility radical humility that was the number one thing for Americans to say Radical humility, that's on their list? No, isn't like an outpouring of gold? Wasn't that what was meant to happen in America? Like gold teeth and, and gold dust? No, no, no. Radical humility. God's doing something new, guys. God's doing something new. Ooh. So we're going to make a statement right now. It's like, Father, I'm stepping out of the pot. I am planting myself in the house so I may flourish. I will flourish in the house. Now I've got to remember what I said. I didn't make that up. I just made that up on the spot. I wish I'd written that down, Stephen. Okay. Father, thank you. Thank you for all your goodness. Thank you for the victory of Jesus. Oh, wow. Thank you for the victory of Jesus. Thank you for your presence here right now, Father God. Ooh, Lord, I thank you for the words that you have spoken this year into our hearts, into our minds, into our spirits. And Father, we say, yes, do whatever is on your heart. We want to, you, to do whatever, Father. We want to run, Lord, into, your, into the destiny that you have for each one of us. So Father, <laughs> guys, we're going to make a statement here. And I don't want this to just be a flippant thing that, you're, that you just go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm told to say this, so I'm going to say, please don't say it if you're not going to mean it. Word of God says, count the cost. A good builder counts the cost before he does something because if you don't, you're going to look like a fool afterwards when you can't finish your building. So it might be good to ask, Father, what's this going to cost me? Is that fair? Let's do that. Father, what do you require of me? What do you require of me, Father? I want to walk into your fullness. He's going to drop some things in some hearts. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for your presence here right now. 
We're going to stand on your word. We're going to make some, some declarations, Holy Spirit, right now. Some prophetic declarations about being planted in the house. This is the word of our Father through the, through the psalmist. So right now, Father, by the authority of Jesus, we're making these prophetic declarations. I'm getting out of the pot. Make that statement right now. I'm getting out of the pot. I'm getting out of the pot. I'm getting out of the pot. I'm planting myself in the house. I'm planting myself in the house. I will be planted in the house. I will not be in the pot. I will be planted in the house. I will flourish in the house. I will grow like a palm tree. I will flourish and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I will grow like an oak of righteousness. Oh, I'm... Father, thank you for, for your, your nourishment in my life. Thank you, Father, that I'm tapped into the vine. Speak these things out. Speak them out. They're prophetic declarations. I'm tapped into you, Jesus. I'm tapped into the vine. I will remain in you and you will remain in me. And because of that, Father, you will do whatever we ask because that's in, a, that's in your Word, Father. Oh, whatever we wish, Father, it's on your heart to do. Oh, Lord God, thank You. We're getting out of the pot. We're planted in the house. We will flourish. We will be planted. We will flourish. In Jesus' Name, our children will grow strong in the house. They will have good relationships. They will find good partners. They will have good marriages. In Jesus' Name. Oh, Father, we're going to be planted in the house. We're going to be oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. So many of us think that it's to bring glory to ourselves. That I'm going to show the benefits of I'm, I'm calm in life. I've got peace in life. I've got joy. I'm provided for. I've got all this. Look how good I've got it. No, it's to bring glory to God that He might be glorified. Word of God says that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. None of it stays with us. As soon as it stays with us, it contaminates, it blocks. Oh, and when I go out there after two days of not watering and I turn on my hoses and that manky river water is sat in those hoses and it's gone stagnant, you don't want a blockage in your life that goes stagnant, that gets infected. It stinks. And when it finally you crack that valve, everyone gets sprayed with stink water. How many people in your family get sprayed with stink water when you vent? When you explode? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the good stored up in, the, in a good person's heart. I'm just saying things. Father, right now we just thank you for your presence on each life. Lord, I thank you for your presence on each life. And as they go, we go from here, Father, I thank you that that does not diminish, that Your presence does not diminish. And Father, as we attune our ears and tune our eyes and tune our heart to what You're saying, what You're doing, how You're moving, Father, I know that it's going to increase and it's going to increase. We're going to see You everywhere. And all of a sudden, the fruit that we taste is going to be so sweet. We're going to taste and see that, Lord, You are good. Oh, You've got so much goodness for us. Father, I thank You for fresh eyes to see, fresh ears to hear, fresh heart to understand exactly what You're saying to the church. Speak, Lord, Your servants listening. Speak, Lord, Your servants listening. Speak, Lord, Your servants listening. We've got to do that every now and then, guys. Samuel was told to do it. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, go.
watch some of those Asprey revival things. It's, it's exciting because it was really organic. It was really natural. It was really relaxed and so free. And I was like, oh, God's doing something. Do you know what? He's breathing fresh. He's breathing fresh. It's up to us. Breath of the Almighty. Breathing in. Come on. Breathing in each day. And you might say, oh, how do I do that? Each day, connect with Him. You can do it. His mercies are new every morning. You can just step into that reborn, because that's what it means. New every morning means it's reborn every morning. His mercies are reborn. Just when you think it's dead overnight. No, no, it's reborn every morning. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Be blessed. Have a great day. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.